to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to a very big deep dive episode. Our second two-part deep dive. Have we done a two-part deep dive before? The rain one was two parts. Yes, Yes, it was. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure. And this is, I would say, you know, another another behemoth. Yeah. An icon of the K-pop industry. The one... The only queen of K-pop, Miss Kwan Boa. Boa, yay! It's Boa's turn. It's so exciting because um, the day, the day this episode comes out is the day after Boa's twentieth anniversary since debut. Um, an amazing feat. Yes, twenty years. I mean, I want to say that's the longest running K-pop idol career but then I think of like Lee Hyori and I wonder if she's got her beat I mean but I maybe Baby Vox debuted slightly well they would have debuted before or Finkel would have debuted before Boa oh yeah but I feel like if the group broke up and then time between her becoming a solo artist and all the breaks she's taken true like I don't know consistency wise yeah it's definitely the longest consecutive career we'll give her that yeah for sure for sure we can say that and and the youngest debut young debut and probably the most pivotal figure in the Hollywood wave as a concept in general yes we owe so much to boa yeah we're going to talk of course a lot about her general accomplishments Mm -hmm. um and the most important one is the impact and like popularity that she was able to gain in Japan. Right. Um, Because it was the first time that any K-pop star was able to break through. Um, And so we're actually, this deep dive will be a little bit different. Yeah. Because this time we are going to include in the timeline all of her Japanese work because of how important her Japanese discography and career is to Hollywood in general. Right. It's usually kind of like a rule of deep dives that we skim over Japanese stuff. But yeah, today it's so much more important. I feel like for many other groups, their Japanese stuff is supplemental and it like helps their popularity. But like in Boa's case specifically, and probably when we talk about TVXQ someday, like the Japan part is really important. Yes. To illustrate its importance, we always do like some statistics and numbers and facts. So I've got so many numbers for you. The first, let's start with the things in Japan. Like I said, she was the first K-pop star to break through in Japan since World War II. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. She is the only foreign artist to sell over a million copies if, with three different albums. And she's only one of three artists that have six consecutive number one albums in Japan. She has overall, throughout her entire 20-year career, 36 awards. 45 total albums, 19 studio albums that are in Korean, Japan, and English. She has two EPs, 76 singles, 31 of which charted in the top 10 in either or both Korea and Japan, 17 promotional singles, and 19 collaborations and features. She has so much music. So much music. I think that was probably 
the hardest part of the research today was like the way we'll get into it, but the way that her Japanese music was released is also really crazy where it would be like five singles would get released and then it would all get put into an album. So trying to decide like which song is the important song to talk about here. That was a challenge. (laughs) When I was looking through your notes after I did my research, I was like, Oh shoot, I didn't listen to that song. I listened to this song. (laughs) So Boa is an artist that puts out only huge albums. Like no minis, no EPs. No, just big old albums. So many, like 12, 13, 14 song tracks, like so many big, big albums. And then each one of them had at least three promoted singles. So it was a, it's just a lot. There's so many music videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The sheer amount of music videos per album. Yeah. The sheer amount of choreography that she put together for things. It's totally nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I say let's get into it because we have so much to cover. Absolutely. So some fast facts about Boa up top. Uh, her birth name is Quan Boa. So like that is her birth name, but her artist name is um, stylized. stylized. Capital B, little O, capital A. Yes. When she first broke into the U.S. market, People thought that her name was an acronym for Best of Asia, but that is not what oh, it was intended interesting. to be. Interesting. Yeah. Um, her fandom name in Korea is Jumping Boa, and then in Japan, it's Seoul, but not spelled like the city, spelled like Seoul. And then her fan color is yellow, but it doesn't have, it's way predates fan colors having stupid names, mm-hmm. or like, it's just it's yellow. Just it's just not like labeled anything yeah. <laughs> yellow is Boa's color um yeah she is one of like I think she's such a well-rounded artist which is why she is a superstar but I do think that her dancing is her greatest strength mm-hmm. yes. um and she's one of those freaky people who can just like watch your choreography and then do it back perfectly 10 seconds later like she's just got one of those like minds mm-hmm. um which I think has helped her in these 20 years of being such a dance queen yeah absolutely and I'm sure it's because she started from such a young age that she has this like perfect memory for choreography mm-hmm. it's really wild um she was born did we already say her birthday no uh no I haven't said it yet okay. it's November 5th 1986 yes so she's 34 Third, she will be 34 this year yes yes she is on all the social medias she's she's on tiktok at boa underscore kwan insta is just boa kwan and so is her twitter as mm-hmm. well um, she, do you have her birthplace? I don't have that written down or no, no I no, didn't write it's that fine. Down. She's, she's a Korea girl from Korea. It's fine. Um, but her origin story is very interesting. Um, in 1998, when she was 11 years old, she tagged along with her brother to one of those big SM open call auditions. Her brother wanted to be a B-boy. Um, he failed the audition, but they signed her that night Like, within the day, they signed her to be a trainee. And don't worry about her brother. He's a classical pianist now. It's okay. Like, he survived not uh, making the audition. But, yeah, it, like, wasn't even for her. But she, like, is such a good... She, like, I think she probably, like, studied the hip-hop. Like, she's... What's up? What am I looking for? She was like good at. I bet she watched her brother B Boy and knew how to do it too, because she definitely like pop has and like. Lock. Yes, that's the word. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's that thing? Where you go <laughs> like this. 
Um, yeah, what's interesting is that, like, okay, so her tagging along with her brother is the story that I also, like, know and have heard several times. But then she went on a 2018, and, like, she has said that herself. Like, that's where the story comes from. Like, she's mentioned it several times. I found a 2006 interview where she says that story about her brother. But then when she went on that 2018 Happy Together episode that had, like, Baekhyun and Ki Oh, all the SM kids all telling on each other. and, And Ki was, like, growl built this building. Right. So Boa told her story of, like, how she got scouted because they were all telling their stories of how they got scouted. And she said that she had participated in a dance competition and that over 20 companies had given her their card, but that the first to call her and invite her to audition was SM. And she was, like, skeptical at first, and her parents didn't really want her to do it because she was so young. But when she got there, she saw that she was actually auditioning for Lee Man, and then she... So she did audition, and then she passed immediately. And she's told that version of the story several times. So I wonder if the truth is somewhere in between. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was was just fun fact. I was confused in my research. But I guess that makes, I feel like that makes a little bit more sense. I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun dreamer story to be like, oh, she was just, they picked her out of the crowd and, but it makes a little more sense to know that she was possibly being actively recruited already. I wonder if she, yeah, like maybe she participated in the dance competition and so did her brother. Maybe her brother was like also participating right. in it, and he, but he was the one that was hoping. I don't know. I don't I know. I can only speculate. But anyway, anyway, so she started training when she was only in sixth grade, and she only trained for two years before she debuted, and from the beginning, she started receiving English and Japanese lessons, so they were always sort of grooming her for this international, international thing stardom which i think is interesting um really quick before we dive into debut i realized the part of the deep dive we haven't done yet Mm -hmm. which is like what like our personal understanding and knowing Mm. of boa um and i think like i've said this on the show before but one of the earliest things that i ever watched in my k-pop life that like informed so much of my early knowledge was the sm i am concert documentary Mm -hmm. Um, and in that documentary, before the BOA section, they show, like, every member of Super Junior and Girls' Generation and Shiny just talking, like, saying how much BOA is their hero. Mm-hmm. And that they, like, that she just, like, amazes them. And I remember being amazed at her existence because at the time I kind of didn't realize that there were K-pop solo artists. Like, of course there are, but when I was like a baby fan, I thought it was all They're about very rare. They're very rare. So to artists. know that there was like a soloist girl who had been doing it solo since she was a little kid, mm-hmm. like ugh, exploded my mind. Yeah. Especially because I feel, well, when we first started listening to K-pop, I said they're very rare. They're not that rare anymore. But when we first started listening to K-pop, they were. And it was rare for a solo artist to start out solo. Yes. Like, and so for someone who, yeah, debuted so young, was so huge, um, and to always have been solo was surprising to me. Yeah, so my first introduction to Boa was like, this is the person who is the hero of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Like. She just has, like, an air of grandeur and that people, like, really, really, really respect her a lot. Um, I feel like as far as, like, old BOA releases, a lot of these were very new to me in doing my research. But, like, everything she's put out in, like, the last five years, I feel like I was very aware of. Like, Mm -hmm. as long as I've been in K-pop, I've been appreciating BOA singles, I think. 
that feels right. Yeah, I've definitely yeah, I've definitely kept up with her like more mo- more recent things within the last five years. I would say for sure. Um, I don't remember what the first thing of Boa's that I ever saw was. I mean, one of the earliest things had to have been that I am documentary right. as well. Um, but for some reason, and I can't I can't tell you why, but her English debut song that music video is so ingrained in my brain like when I was watching it for to research it like felt like it it hit some deep memory of Mm -hmm. mine that I almost wonder if I saw it when it came out and like it I just know that but I don't know but I like know that yeah I I remember remember that's what she performs in the I am documentary too and I remember being like oh this song I think I know so it must have gotten it must some have amount of radio play or somewhere. showed up on MTV. I don't know. But I knew that one. Yeah. I knew that one. Um, and then I feel like the first thing, and so like I, I don't know, I feel like the first song that came out though when I was like actually listening to K-pop and then she put out a new song and I was like, ooh, yes, Boa was Camo. Okay. Um, I love that one. And then she came out with One Shot, Two Shot and I like bought that one and have been like six, saying along paying six. attention. Yeah. Paying attention and fanning along yeah. <laughs> ever since. But yeah, it's so interesting. I was like, on that same note, I was looking at like really old Facebook posts of ours the other day and it must have been after we had watched the I Am documentary together that I discovered that Make Your Move was a movie mm. because I wrote on your wall, I put the trailer and I was like, oh my God, Boa did a movie with Derek Huff. Yes. So I just called her but like I that means that we knew who she was yes. because I would have and remember when we watched that movie I had already, already seen, seen it. it so I had like obviously at some point watched I don't know when or how but yeah Boa was in my life in peripheral right. way so the I point is I guess that she's just always been here whether we <laughs> knew it or not she was always here she was always here for us our beloved Boa our beloved Boa great okay so let's get into the timeline Mm -hmm. we talked about this earlier this year in our deep dive on the year 2000 but on august 25th 2000 boa debuted with her debut album called id peace b So yeah, this is, like you said, a 12-track album. Like, it's a full debut album, not even just a little mini. Um, And it reached 30 on the charts um, and sold 166,000 copies nationwide and was the 59th best-selling album in Korea of 2000. Yes, the title track is the same as the um, is the same album, as the album yes. ID Peace B. Um, fun fact that I learned: SM invested two point five million US dollars in Boa's debut, so they were here to make it work, and that eventually did very much pay off. Yeah. Um, even though this one, like you said, just had like moderate success, it did pretty well. Um, and she afterward, like they immediately partnered with Avex Tracks, the Japanese production company that then they're going to go together for right. her whole for Japanese the rest. career. Mm-hmm. And yeah, her like debut image was definitely like very young, very youthful, very fresh. She had like 
a tomboy image. She wears like, like she's very covered up and she wears big baggy pants and yeah, stuff. Her and her signature... hair is like parted in the middle, mm-hmm. just like a girl. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like her signature look at the beginning of her career was definitely like I mean, eventually it changed a little bit, but it's like pants, sometimes like kind of baggy and then a long sleeve top and her makeup was super minimal. She had like pretty much no makeup on and was just like, she was young and she was really good at dancing and she had like male backup dancers and they did like hip hop choreography. Um, her, this song always gets stuck in my head just by hearing, by, just by seeing the title of yeah. it. Peace be, it's my network ID. Like it's yes. just, <laughs> it just like sticks in there and I, and I like sort of resent it because of it. And I think it's because of when I would play Superstar and I would be scrolling through and you just like hear the clip mm-hmm. and that one te- two second clip is enough to get it stuck in your head all day. I have quite a few Superstar based notes. <laughs> <laughs> That game is very important in my understanding of a lot of SM entertainment. It's like Especially surreal. with someone like Boa, who there is a lot of like her old music on Superstar. So yeah. like you can play things that you've never heard before. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of Boa's old stuff has a very similar sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um which is this. I like can't yes. associate it with anything other than this song. Um, and I don't love it. Right. But I also think that for one, like, she's very young, although I did say when I was watching this music video, like, she doesn't sound 13, I don't think. Right. But Boa has a really specific voice. Her voice is so interesting. It has, like, a very distinct character to There's it. Like There's, like, a smoky, I like, a smokiness. I wouldn't call it a rasp or a hoarseness, and it's not even a deep voice. It's actually quite a high-pitched voice. Because it's kind but of, like, like, up a... and back in her like nasal yeah. cavity and like up high like in I can't yeah, describe I, it but, but I know you, what you mean. I'm, I'm gesturing you know what I mean <laughs> um yeah it's very distinctive and she can hit notes and she like has a strong belt so I feel but it is a little bit I feel like in this one she sings in a bit of like a lower register mm-hmm. and so this like weird I don't know how to describe this sound I feel like it's like low and like I don't know I can't, I can't find the words to, to describe this vibe of music. I don't know. It just feels like that kind of low effort feels too negative. But something about music in this time period, there's, like, there's just a laziness. <laughs> and I think we touched on it in the 2000s episode. It just sort of seems like people who were making like hip-hop pop music in the late 90s, early 2000s had a library of exactly 10 sounds. Mm-hmm. And everyone used them for literally every song, which makes every song sound exactly the same. Yeah. So many of these, (laughs) I thought, really sounded very similar. Um, But I think it suits the, like, quality of her voice. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a very... It's very interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, the song is, like, literally about the internet and, like, but, like, peace, world, like, my ID is peace be, Mm -hmm. like, I'm here to... Like yeah, her whole image was just like I'm the I'm the youth. Like yes. that's what they want. I think that's what they were trying to. And like bringing show in like a new age of youth. Yeah, we're kids. We have the internet now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then next on March eighth of two thousand one, she put out a special album called Jumping Into the World, and the single is called Don't Start Now but not the Dua Lipa song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so this song actually is a classic SM, take an English song and rewrite it. Uh, this song was actually on singer Brooke Allison's 2001 album, and it was called Toodaloo. The English version that Boa eventually sang on a Japanese remix has the same lyrics as Toodaloo, except they changed a line that was about ho. There was like a line about hose. <laughs> they took that out and made it about fantasy or something for the Boa version. Um, but the English, the Boa English version, I think it's kind of funny to listen to because the backing track, the people who are going don't start now, have British accents and like, and they say Toodaloo, baby, and it's very silly. Anyway. But um, the other interesting thing about this album is like this is her second release ever, and it has English and Mandarin tracks yes. on it. Yeah, three of them, plus eight new tracks. And this is—I always think it's—I don't know why it's like called a special EP and not just like a full. Because it seems like, like a whole release. other album. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, this—the music video for this one I thought was funny because it seems like they really want us to think that they that Boa is in New York City, but it's very clearly just like out of focus backgrounds or possibly a green screen. <laughs> but oh, like, I thought it was a green screen for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also just thought it was funny that like, because in this one and also in, in Peace Be, I like always, mar I always pay attention to her backup dancers because she's just a solo artist. Yeah. So like she usually is a lot. And when she first debuted, just like this tiny 13 year old thing was like always dancing with full grown, full grown men, men behind her. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny because like, I mean, she holds her own, obviously she's yeah. a fantastic dancer, but it's just funny to me that she's like the backdrop of these full grown men dancing behind this tiny 13 year old. Yeah. Like, what are they thinking? But she does have <laughs> so the amount of like presence and confidence she has is just like so mind blowing because she is so, she is so young, but she doesn't like have the vibe. Like, I don't know. Her vibe is just that she like knows what she's doing or like, I don't know. She has such strong presence. Yeah. In this music video, she's like still, she's wearing like a leather, like motorcycle jacket thing and still doing her like, it's not quite tough girl. I think it is just sort of like tomboy more than it is like a tough image because she does have like a fresh it's like a fresh youth thing it's not thing. a tough image in the sense that like she's hard right you know, she's right. not trying to be like intimidating but it's not a um feminine like girly right. image for sure um she is wearing like baggy pants and like she's dancing with grown men and the dance is not like there's no body rolls it's not right. sexual it's not like feminine or cutesy either it's just like hip-hop style yeah 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 and she's great at it um, I linked for myself. I'll put it in the playlist. There's a music camp performance of Don't Start Now where she's wearing this like little suit, this little like school suit thing. And the top is so cute, but then the pants are so baggy and it like, she's just so small. <laughs> and she has that like late, that early 2000s, like big spiky, like tree hair. And it's so cute. She's so cute. Yeah, she's she is adorable. She also looks very much the same. Yeah. <laughs> she does now. It's really crazy. Um, I wrote that, I didn't have a date for this, but I just wrote that it was like a fun fact because we're about to start talking about her Japanese stuff. Right. And one of the first things she did in Japan was that she sang at a club called Velfair, which it was famous because it was the largest disco in Asia. Wow. That's really, I mean, that's like a neat thing, but it also is so weird to think about like a 14 year old having like a debut in a club. Yep. 
It was owned <laughs> by Avex Trax, which is why she did it. But yeah, I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh, like 14-year-old club singer. <laughs> like, this is so strange. Um, yeah, so like you said, it's time to go to Japan. So in May of 2001, they put out a Japanese version of ID Peace B, and it peaked at 20. So the people like it. Um, and then in July, she put out another Japanese single, and this one is called Amazing Kiss. Um, yeah, so Amazing Kiss feels like a turn because this is where her signature outfit becomes That's crop top and say. baggy I pants. I was like, this is the turn because this is the signature boa outfit. Yes. Is crop top and baggy pants to this day <laughs> still her signature outfit. But like now it's crop tops. Right. Um, still dancing with these like full grown men in the background, but doing great. They, I mean, I don't know what that's like to be like twice the person's age that yeah. you're backing up. Um it just makes me giggle. It just tickles me. It's funny. No, it's like it's, it's like um, my husband's coworker Simone used to was Aaron Carter's guitarist for yes, a super long Simone. time. Oh my god, <laughs> I totally forgot about him. He's like a super eccentric Italian guitar. Oh my god. Yes, but he was like Aaron Carter. Yeah, that's like right. He used to tour with Aaron, Aaron Carter. Carter. Yeah. Oh my so god. that's the thing. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yes, I think it's funny, that, or it's interesting. It's not funny. It's interesting, the difference in sound between her Japanese stuff and yeah. her Korean stuff. Because, like, we were talking about ID Peace Beat has that, like, lower sound. This is very high, right? Mm-hmm. This is, like, bubbly. And twinkly. And, yeah, and even her voice, it, like, the notes are it's mm-hmm. like in a higher octave. Um, and it just seems generally sweeter. Um, but she didn't really changed the style of like her choreography or anything like that. But there are like sort of different aesthetics. Yes. To each one. Yeah. And this song um, eventually was released in Korean on an SM summer album, like way long down the road. Um, but this, the Japanese version came out way before. Um, so March 13th, 2002 is a very big moment. This is when Boa puts out her first full Japanese album and it was called Listen to Your Heart. The new single on this one was called Every Heart slash Mina no Kimochi. This is very important. I mean, this whole album is huge, but this song is was featured in the anime Inuyasha. Mm-hmm. So I know several people personally who their gateway into K-pop was Boa in the Inuyasha credits and falling from there like wow. long ago. So that's like an interesting thing. Is like be, I think being tied to the anime probably helped because people love anime and that was a very popular one um but this album debuted at number one on the japanese oricon chart and like you said at the beginning that was the first time that a korean artist had done that probably ever the wikipedia said like since japanese occupation ended but i kind of can't imagine that during it there was korean music being popular either but yeah and then like then before that like how globalized was the music market and like, anyway in the so early 1900s 
Um, so I think it's safe to say she is like the first. Yeah. Um, this also became her first Recording Industry Association of Japan certified million seller. So it was a huge debut. Yeah, and it was a really big deal, and everybody in Korea was, like, so proud of her because, like, yeah, this was a huge thing. And also, we've talked about them before in different episodes, like the Trot one, but, like, Korea had a lot of rules for a long time about Japanese stuff being imported to or, like, played in Korea. And in 98, they had started lifting those things. Like, you could have manga now, or, like, you could have Japanese music if it didn't have any Japanese lyrics. All the Most of the things were eventually lifted in 2004. So it was just, like, an interesting time mm-hmm. where, like, Korea was sort of being like, maybe we can let a little Japanese stuff in here. And Japan was apparently like, hey, this K-pop is pretty cool. Like, we'll listen to it. So, like, the music was, like, mending, <laughs> mending global ties. And that's the important, that's the importance of BOA. Well, she's she, peace be. That's she what peaced. she's here to do. Yes. <laughs> Bring peace wherever she goes. Um... I have the next thing being a return to uh, Korea. Yes. The very next month, in April, on April 4th, she released um, her, sec- her well second full Korean album, which was called Number One. And the single was also called Number One. Um, Yeah, so this song debuted at number one and stayed there for four months. Yes, it became the second best-selling album of the year, selling 544,000 units. Um, And it sold out in weeks. Like, the first couple weeks, you couldn't even buy it. Yeah, they had to do, like, a reprint and put an extra song on, like, the new version because the original print sold out, like, so fast. Mm -hmm. That then that became, like, a collector's item of, like, if you got a first pressing... Um, the music video is like boa, like paparazzi, like hustle bustle cameras. And she's on like really big screens where there's like Japanese writing around the screens. But then she's like dancing on a roof in Korea and she's saying, you're still my number one. And I was reading into it as her like returning to her country after like this huge success and being like, don't forget. I'm yours, yeah. though, baby. I'm your baby boa. Because before yeah. she was our beloved boa, she was our baby, baby boa. boa. Um, and, yeah, that's how I read into it as well. Um, I also, I wrote this down, and I forgot to bring it up before, um, but we always make note of, like, when artists have a hand in their own music. Oh, yes. Because it doesn't happen very often. And I am going to later bring, like, we'll talk about the idea of boa being a manufactured pop star. But she, on this album, she has um, three credits she wrote the music and lyrics to two of the songs and just the lyrics for one um and in her previous listen to my heart she also has one track she also has one track as well very important um interestingly enough there was a lawsuit over writing credits on one of the songs on this album that lasted for 13 years wasn't it the title track yes like back and forth in court forever and ever um i just thought that was crazy Um, And I also noted that there's a music video for a B-side called My Sweetie from this album that's very cute. 
And this comeback had um, like a way more feminine look, I think. Like we were talking about how at the beginning she, like Peace B is very tomboyish. And then this comes out and like she's wearing a sort of mesh top. She has crop tops on. She's wearing like belly chains. She has female backup dancers for the Mm -hmm. first time. And there's like a little more hips in her her dancing. So just sort of a a note of her general evolution. Yeah, it's important. Um, So then in September of 2002, she put out a second special album called Miracle. And the single is sometimes called Miracle, but SM has it listed as Destiny on their official channel. This song, this album included Korean versions of all the previous Japanese releases that she had put out. Um, and like I said before, at this time, music with Japanese releases with Japanese lyrics was not allowed to be sold mm-hmm. in Korea. So like that was the way to get get their bang for their buck out of those J- Japanese songs. Yeah, she re-releases that. She re-releases almost all of her Japanese music in Korean. Um, the music video for uh, Miracle slash Destiny, I had to write down, she's wearing the most amazing bedazzled cowboy hat. And it's like the most early 2000s bedazzled cowboy yeah. hat. She even has those like body rhinestones on her yes. wrist. And she has a bolo tie that has a B on it for boa. And I was like, wow. Um, the other thing that's crazy about this is the outro of the chorus to Destiny is exactly the same as no scrubs no no it's the same yeah it's the same there's 100%. also part so you could hear in the clip there's like a violin in it uh-huh. and i even wrote the timestamp down at 312 they do the um oh shit how does that go they do the ladies leave your man at home from jumping dun, dun, jumping dun, 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 yeah dun, thank you very much <laughs> i couldn't i like immediately let while we were listening to the clip i could listen hear i it. could hear it and then as soon as it stopped it left my brain but yeah the jump and jump in violin is in there as well um but this ep went to number one on the monthly chart it sold over three hundred and thirty thousand copies um so she's killing it being very very popular our baby boa baby boa um so then in january of 2003 she put out her second japanese album that's called valenti it also immediately went to number one we're not going to play Valenti right now because we've decided for this chunk of 10 years, this was the most popular album because it sold 1.2 million copies. Yes, it's a, another certified million and it is her best-selling record like to this day. Um, so yeah, so, so we're we'll going get to that to, later. Mm-hmm. It sold over 615,000 in just one week. So that is, that's a lot. Um, there's only one Boa Lyric cred on this album, just something to note. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right after this is when she set out on her first tour. She did three cities in Japan with six dates between March and April. Wonderful. Um, I also noted that every song off of Valenti that was released as a single was in the top three. So, like, it was such a smash album. Like, it was very popular. Um, then in May of 2003, is that in the middle or after this tour that you just mentioned? It's after the tour after. was March 3. Okay, April. perfect. So as soon as the tour is over, she goes back to Korea. Third Korean album called 
Atlantis Princess. would fit so perfectly into our before we had k-pop episode that i'm like sad my 13 year old self didn't have this to listen to (laughs) i know it's this feels like a moment like or i at least wrote down like this song it just feels like such a turn because everything before (laughs) this sounded exactly the same and then this sounds like happy poppy sm k-pop pop pop, and i was just kind of shook by it yeah but it did great it debuted at number one um, sold over 200,000 in just the first month. Uh, the music video is strange. It is uh, on location for real right. now. I no wrote, more green screens. I wrote, finally, a music video with a budget. Yes. Um, but also lost children yeah. all around the world. And then they joined Boa then, on an island and they're happy in and the they're waves. Aware and she, yeah, and they play tag wearing their like leather They're like wearing cult, sacks. They're wearing like, like cult weird leather cult sacks. Clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. With Boa, their fringed cult leader on a cliff. It was very <laughs> odd. Yeah. But she looks very happy playing tag with those cult children. And then in, <laughs> when she's not with the cult children, she's like on a, she's dancing on a roof again. And she's with full grown men again. And she has those big ski goggles yes. on her head and like suspenders with like a little hash, like shirt that has like a star on it, like home star runner. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It but just felt like the top most. And, and pants, her but it, signature. Yeah, look. yeah, yeah. But it felt the most like, like a Disney Channel costume of like anything that she had worn yes. up till that point. Like, um, Atlantis Princess was also released in Hong Kong, the Philippines, and Taiwan. So, like, the, here we go, how you wave. We've got Japan, yes. so, like, let's go elsewhere mm-hmm. in Asia. And she had previously, like we said, she had released Chinese versions of her songs, but this is the first time they're actually, like, selling them and distributing them to countries other than Japan and Korea. Yeah. Also to note, there's a B-side on Atlantis Princess called Milky Way that is a really good song. Um, and it's the one that Red Velvet just covered for the BOA anniversary project that's yes. happening right now. Um, theirs is like jazzy, but like it's a very good song, so recommend. Um, December yes. 4th, 2003. Special album time again, and this one is called Shine We Are. We've got another really fun poppy one. Yeah, this song is so fun, um, but that outfit in the music video is so bad. She has like very ugly baggy jeans that look like they're in danger of falling off of her with this like crazy, like very ugly one-shouldered jersey, but she's wearing another tank top underneath it so that she has two shoulders, which just seems pointless. Right. And the only thing I wrote of note is that she has really large fake nails. nails. I wrote that down too. Nails. Um, yeah, so this is another album where they made Korean versions of the Japanese mm-hmm. songs. Um, but something to note that's included on this album that I thought was funny. British boy band Westlife 
had a song in 1999 called Flying Without Wings that, like, was popular in, like, 30 countries. So, like, three years later, they decided to do, like, a Westlife special best of best Westlife album where they recorded Flying Without Wings with, like, five other people from other countries. And so Boa was the Asian, like, representative. representative. So she just, like, sings a few lines on this. It's, like, the song, but she sings a few lines. And then the music video is, like, Boa in the recording studio with Westlife. And they're, like, doing the, like, hands on the on the cans and like yeah. smiling at each other like oh, wow we're having so much fun and it was clearly shot in an hour and I just thought that was interesting interesting I don't know Westlife um but I think it's that leads right into the next crazy thing that happened in the like boa is a world superstar thing so at Christmas in 2003 Britney Spears was on tour and she was in Asia and they had they decided to do a Britney and Boa Christmas special where Britney Spears and Boa like sat on a couch and then two people asked them about like their favorite things about Christmas. And then they go back and forth between little stages, like a variety show, like Boa does four songs and Britney does four songs. And then the end of the special ended with the live debut of TVXQ. What? Yes. When was the wait? Where was what was this on? On uh, I mean, it's still on YouTube. I guess it was on like KBS or something. Let me find out who was responsible. Boa Kwan, Britney Spears. Whose logo is in the corner of this video? SBS did it. Wow. And yeah, the whole thing is on YouTube in like fifteen-minute chunks. It's very crazy. Amazing. So yeah, they got Britney Spears. That's Merry Christmas, and here's TVXQ. Isn't that nuts that they debuted on a Britney Spears Christmas special? I didn't know that. No, I had no idea. I don't know that much about early, <laughs> early TVXQ, TVXQ because TV. Nope, we're not going to Nope, about we don't talk about them today. Um, yeah, so Britney Spears' Boa Christmas special is a thing that happened. Um, next up, in January, January 15th, 2004, third Japanese album called Love and Honesty and talk about change. This single was called Rock With You. So this is interesting. I wrote in all caps, reinvention, Boa's doing rock music now, but I put rock in quotes. Yeah, yeah, rock in quotes for sure. Um, it's like when, I mean, it's like rock the way Britney did uh, I Love Rock and Roll, you know? Um, but yeah, it was specifically supposed to be a different sound. Um, it was supposed to be more rock and quote hard R&B, whatever that is. Um, it's a 13-track album, and she has one credit for the lyrics. Um, she seems to have more, just like in her early career, just something interesting. She seems to have more credits in her Japanese stuff than in her Korean stuff. Don't know why that is. Um, but yeah, this one is another RIAJ, which is the Recording Industry Association of Japan's certified platinum album. Yeah, this one also, number one, stayed there for two weeks. 
I also wrote that the lead single Rock With You samples Janet Jackson's You Ain't Right. And Janet Jackson is someone that they that I found, her name comes up like Yeah, repeatedly. they compare her to, like whenever yes. they would do press releases for BOA, they would be like, she's going to be like Janet Jackson, yeah. a world superstar. Exactly. They always compare the like worldwide star like Janet Jackson, which I think is very interesting, and I wonder if that comes from Boa herself, like if Janet is someone that Boa has always, like, or if that came from SM. I don't know. But it's a comparison I came across a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's interesting. And this song samples You Ain't Right. I also wrote that after this album came out, she went on her second tour. It was five cities in Japan with nine dates in March and April. And not all of her tours have attendance totals, but this one did, and it had over 100,000 people in attendance. Wow. Good for you, baby boa. Um, But actually, it's time to say goodbye to baby boa because (laughs) reinvention is continuing. So on June 15, 2004... She put out her fourth Korean album, and it's called My Name, and the single is also called My Name. Reinvention continues. She's wearing high heels in the music video. Mm -hmm. For the first time. Belly button ring. Still in her signature crop top and pants, but now the she has female backup dancers again in this music video, and there's a lot more butt shaking in the choreography that was not there before. Um, yeah, I wrote, I had like less nice feelings about this one, and that I wrote like, how are these same samples being used four years later? Like, come on, K-pop, let's go. Because it seems nuts that at this point, like, those same original, like, the same beats from her original ID piece B is, like, still in this album. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we move on? Also, the intro, the guitar at the beginning of this song is the exact same of a Justin Timberlake song. And I can't think of which Justin Timberlake song it is, but it's the dun 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 uh, oh wait, that's a uh, that's slave for you. That's Britney Spears. Yeah, it's slave for you. It's not Justin Timberlake. I'm so sorry. Britney. It's okay, but yeah, the look. Speaking wasn't of- apologizing to you. It was apologizing to Britney. Sorry Spears. to Britney Spears. <laughs> sorry to Britney Spears. But speaking of Britney Spears, the music cam performance of this song. She's wearing the music video outfit, which include a very low, like pair of very low rise white jeans, which were cool at the time, and it was like giving me war flashbacks. But those pants coupled with the mic pack, there's like the butt crack is so, it's just like right there. And it was like making me so stressed out because her pants are just so So low. And I like the fact that we wore our pants that low and they made them that low. It's like, it just like makes me upset and I don't want it to ever come back ever. Cause I remember like SNL had like a joke about like crack spackle. That like because the pants were so low that everybody's like butt cracks would show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this album did go to number one, but it sold three hundred thousand less than the last album, and there was yeah. a little bit of backlash because people wanted Baby Boa. Yes, and she specifically wanted to try and shed her 
her mature, excuse me, she specifically wanted to try and establish a more mature image with this album. Um, and some people credit this album with being the start of her decline. Um, and I read an interview with her that came out from a few years later, but it was about this album and about her like trying to shift from that. And she said, quote, while I apologize to those people who still want the baby boa, in fact, what can I do? I just keep growing up. I can't stop that from happening. And I think that's like an amazing response because it's so true. Like, what do you want her to do? She's growing up. Like, she's, right. she's how old is she? She in was 2004? 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah. Time so, to just like not a girl. Not, not yet a girl. woman. Not yet a woman. <laughs> That's uh, such a more accurate comparison than Janet Jackson. I think Britney is a way better compare because they're yeah. child star. I mean, I know Janet did some stuff when she was a kid, but mm-hmm. not really, not the same way Britney did. And yes. the way Boa did. Like I Boa agree. and Britney are good comparisons. Anyway, so then um, a year later, do you have anything between that? Oh wait, sorry. Yes, I do. Uh, she went. In 2005, in April, is the first thing I have in 2005, she went on her third tour, four cities in Japan with eight dates. And this is the first, her previous tours were just named the the albums that she was promoting. This is the first one that has a different name, and it's called Best of Soul, but it's just S-O-U-L. Which is the the name of the fandoms. Great, great. Um, so then on June, June 24th, 2005, like a year after the last album, she put out her fifth Korean album, which is called Girls on Top, single of the same name. This one peaked at number three and sold 115,000 copies. So the like thing you said last about the decline of like numerically, like, yes, it's true. it is a decline. It is true. Um, but also I got to say the style, like the styling is very bad. She has a terrible like mullet, like a, like anime yeah. mullet that is rough. And it's the first time that she has really dark black hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she like since debut she had kind of like gingery blonde. Yeah, hair. she debuted with like a hydrogen peroxide. Like I did that yeah. once in my bathroom when I was like twelve. Right. <laughs> um, yes, but she's wearing in the music video she has like this crazy like gold like ringmaster suit that's mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah, she has like a coat with tails and that is like gold foil uh-huh. and then like these insane high like knee high high heeled gold boots that go with it. Um, if she's not wearing that, then she's like in a glass cage wearing this really ugly like bustier, bustier lace long lace short combo. That is ugly, and she has like weird wristicuffs mm-hmm. and like feathered. And her, her hair the, looks the so crazy. The mullet is so feathered, and like men are coming for her <laughs> in the glass box. And I was like, "What is happening in this music video? This is so wild." Um, just a note of the general album: uh, she has one lyric credit out of twelve tracks. Okay, um, they released a repack for this album less than a month later, and it was called Moto. And 
she wrote the lyrics for this song with producer Kenzie, who is a name that is still very relevant today. Um, yeah, this mu- the music video for Moto has some pretty nutsy wigs in it. Uh, yes, look but at I like wigs. them. I think they're cute. <laughs> they look the good. one that has the with her bandana and the yeah. and the bangs and the short hair is cute. I thought the wigs were cute. The you, the wigs are cute. There's a part the part that you just played, and then there's another little part in the chorus that makes me think of it's hot in here because it does the little and a little bit of ah, ah, and a little bit of ah, ah. Um, but the dance goes so hard in this one which I really liked um, and yes, I there's feel like really intense is that like crumping mm-hmm. when you go yeah or? probably when they're saying that ah, ah. Mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> is that what crumping is um, I don't know I think it's <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Uh, but I did write that like this album, Girls on Top, and then the repack. I feel like this is where the sound of her voice, the like voice quality that she has in this, I think is like where her like fully. This is the iconic like boa, boa sound. classic mm-hmm. vo- vocal sound. I think, and it stays more consistent because like in some of her previous like her debut song is a lower register, and then her Japanese stuff at first was like a little bit higher, and then but she really like she sits in her like mixed voice. Yes, she sits right in the middle, and it's more like this. Yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah, so that was Girls on Top. Then, in 2006, it's time to go back to Japan. Fourth Japanese album, and this one is called Outgrow. Um, The single I pulled for this one is called Do the Motion. That's the one I watched, too. this is very interesting because it's like a bossa nova song Mm. and the music video they're wearing like old timey like moulin rouge titanic costumes yes and it's the first time at least that i saw that she's doing choreo in a dress yes that's true Mm. yeah oh my god she has dresses on yeah it's the the first time that because in the choreo there's one set of the choreo where she's doing the dance in like this insane pretty ugly like gold LeMay like Moulin Rouge can can yes. dress and then there's another scene where she's like in a ballroom wearing this like early 1900s like pink Victorian yes. gown and she looks stunning like looks that amazing. gown is so beautiful but it's the first time we're seeing her all dolled up um this album went to number one in Japan and Thailand and singles from it were released slowly until January of the next year. They mm-hmm. were just like putting out a song every two months from this album. Yeah. So once again, tons of music videos to watch. We're taking one song from these Japanese albums, but I'm telling you, she were like released stuff. Just promoted the <laughs> absolute crap out of all of her albums. This album has 14 tracks, so it's one of her bigger ones. It's her fourth consecutive Japanese album to go number one, um, or to debut at number one, I should say. Uh, and it, I read that it had several tracks that were written and composed by Boa, but I didn't, I couldn't find credits for each one, so I don't know how many exactly. Um, yeah, so once all those al- once all of those singles had been slowly released, or do you have something before January? No, I have three January? other things. Yes, I have lots oh, please, of things go for ahead. 2006. In May, she renews her contract with SM until 2012, and now she has a share in the company that's worth $1 million U.S. million. So SM knows her worth, has put her 
Cut her in. Good. In the summer of 2006, she voices Heather the Possum in both the Korean and Japanese versions of the cartoon Over the Hedge. So I just think that's funny that she did it in both countries. Yeah, good for you. She's a star. And then between September and October, she went on her fourth Japanese tour. And this, they said it was a special ZEP tour. ZEP is a company that owns several different stadiums. Mm. And so they're like, it's a, I don't know. I guess I guess it's kind of like a dome tour, but yeah. it's not a dome tour. Anyway, seven cities, 13 dates for her fourth tour. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so then January 2007, Japanese. Oh, wait. Or no, one more? Last one. In December, she held her first Christmas concert, December 7th. Just one day. Cute. Um, yeah, so January 7th, 2007, she puts out her fifth Japanese album that's called Made in 20, parentheses 20. <laughs> because now she's 20. She's 20. Um, so the single on this one was called Brand New Beat. that just sounds like a very cheesy like sweet song but the choreography to this goes so hard for like no reason they're like like she's dancing so hard to this like disney channel to a song that literally got it's a small world stuck in my head because that part you just sang do 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 Yes. It's it's a it's small right world. There. But this was one where I this was one where I was like, oh, that's not the music video I watched because I went down a hole that like had me a little screaming. Fun fact. Please, let's okay. go. Did we already do like general facts about this album? No, do, do you want me to do, do those first? really fast? Sure. Okay, so really fast. This one also debuted at number one, although these were her lowest first week's Japanese sales ever. But yes. she still squeaked out that number one. Um, yeah. Sold a total of over 340,000. Okay. So I watched the music video for Key of Heart. Um, and the music video for the Japanese version is like really fun. And it's just her like with, you know, she's like driving. It's definitely shot in the U.S. for sure. Probably somewhere in California has like non-Korean backup dancers. One of them has a really big fro, which I like made a note of because I feel like you don't see that very right. often. And she's just like dan- like driving in a big open Jeep, dancing in the desert with her friends, whatever. But there's also a Korean version of this music video or a music video for the Korean version of this uh-huh. song. And it is a commercial, really, for Olympus cameras. Okay. But it stars a baby Donghae. Oh. And this music video took me for a wild <laughs> ride because it starts out with her and Donghae, like, being lovers or, like, boyfriend-girlfriend at, like, a school. They're, like, at a performing arts school. Okay. And, like, she's playing the piano, and he's, like, writing music and whatever. They're in love. And he, like, walks her home, gives her a necklace, like, blah, blah, blah. Time passes, she's like famous and she's getting ready to go to the, she's getting ready to perform some big performance. And he's on his way on a motorcycle and he's driving so fast and he has flowers and of course he dies. (laughs) He like, and I was, as soon as I saw him driving so fast, I was like, oh no, like he's driving so fast, like this is gonna be terrible. And I knew it was coming and I still screamed when it happened. He just like 
rams into a car and flies. And it is so graphic. The motorcycle fully explodes behind him and he gets thrown into the air. There is a river of blood in the street. Oh my God. crazy. And then she's like, continues her life as a pop star, like still wears the necklace that he gave her. But in an Olympus laboratory somewhere in Korea, a now CGI silver-skinned Donghae wakes up attached to things in a lab, and he's a robot person. (laughs) And he starts following Boa around, sad because he can't show her his silvery CGI face, but he takes pictures of her with his Olympus camera. Oh my god. I have to watch this immediately. It goes on. Like, I won't spoil it for you. It (laughs) continues. Um, But I... (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. It really. <laughs> so that's called, that's the Korean it's version of Key, key to of heart. heart. Key of Heart. Key of Heart. <laughs> Donghae and Boa. <laughs> I think the screen grab is of them in their school uniforms. So you'll be able to okay. see it. Um, I guess I should save that for my recommendation. But whatever. Early There rec. it is. Spoiled. There it is. Um, um, the last thing I have for 2007 is that she did a second Christmas show in Japan. This time it had two dates. And so far, all of these concerts that I've noted, they are all in Japan. None of them have been in Korea. Interesting. Interesting. Um, So then um, February 2008, she releases another Japanese album. So just to note, this is three years of no Korea. We're already like three years of no Korea. Um, this one is called The Face. Um, it had a ton of singles released off of it, but the new one, or no, I'm going to play the clip from Love Letter because that was the best performing song on this very long album. Yeah, that was released before, like, earlier than the album, but uh, it was the best performing single off of this album. I think the only new song on this album was called Be With You, and it was from a movie called Ten Promises with My Dog. So the music video has Boa, like, literally, like, rowing in a canoe with a golden retriever. Yes. And my new songs, just, like, songs that were not pre Had not previously been released. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. there were four pre-release tracks for this one. Um, I also read that this was the first album where she assumed creative control. Mm. I didn't... I couldn't find details about what that means, but maybe it meant more of, like, the aesthetics and concepts of it. Or maybe she had started to play a hand in the choreography. I don't know. Um, but a, this... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Oh, there's just another... Another one of the releases on this album was a song called Sweet Impact. Mm-hmm. In the music video for that, it's like a Michael Jackson Smooth Criminal parody. She's, like, wearing the white suit and the fedora and yes. they do the dance in the bar and stuff. Yeah, it was, like, specifically referencing that one. Um, what was... Oh, this album made her only... One of only two artists to have six consecutive number ones in Japan. Yes, and I did read that that was, like that this one they kind of eked by. Like, this was a number one. They did it, but it was very... It was released very purposefully on a specific day 
where she had the best chance of getting number one to not break the streak. Yeah, the original <laughs> the original date release date was like a couple weeks before when it was actually, and there was just more competition from other popular Japanese artists, so they just like waited a couple weeks and just then to get her that sixth that sixth one. Yeah, why not? Um, from May to June of this year, I have she toured this album, so the tour was called The Face. This time, she had 17 cities and 20 dates, so this is one of her bigger tours so far, um, but it was only in Japan again. Um, and then she ends this year taking us into uh, another big moment for her. She ends this year, December 6th, by performing at the Jingle Ball in Anaheim, California. Yes, because 2009 is the year that we're trying to make Boa an American pop star as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the single that they released, we talked about it earlier, but it is called Eat You Up. Oh, the dance to this one is so fucking cool. It's so good. I love this song so much. This I didn't. I don't think I said the title earlier, but this is the one that's deeply in my brain, and I don't know why. Um, the music video for this one—it's very obviously filmed in Korea, but like her backup dancers are like there's more white people involved, mm-hmm. but it's like a Korean school, and the like plot is that Boa with a hoodie covering her goddamn eyes, <laughs> and her crew go bust up a stuffy ballet audition. Yeah. And show them how to hip hop. Exactly. It's like save the save the last dance, right? Busting into Juilliard and doing with your hip hop, with your urban dancing. Um, and this album, it was off of a self-titled English album. Mm-hmm. It's so just called Boa. It's just called Boa. It's her twelfth album overall, which I just noted as a fun fact because this is her tenth year in the yeah. business and 12th album overall um she has 11 total tracks and this was done she worked with sean garrett who is an american producer he produced usher's yeah mm-hmm. as long, uh, along with several other big tracks um and it even has a, a duet with him on on this Have song. a clip There is absolutely insane cane slash chair choreography yes. in that music video that is worth watching. It's kind of a like repetitive whatever song, but the dance is very neat. Yes, the dance is very cool. Um, there is sort of in general, maybe it was, I mean, it, maybe it was probably T-Pain's fault in the U.S. at the time. There's so much vocoder in this mm-hmm. album. Like all of it has that robot voice over it. Um yeah, that music video also has the same, same, the very same vibe as the Rihanna Umbrella music video. Mm-hmm. It does. Even they turn end into in the water, yeah. and there's rain, and it like looks really similar. And yeah, when Sean Garrett comes on, he's just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm here," and he sings a little. And yeah, the vocoder is so crazy. Um, there's a B-side on the deluxe edition called Energetic that I wrote reminds me of Britney's Circus album, which had mm. come out the year before and was like the only thing I liked at that, like in 2008 was the Britney Circus album. Um, so it like, it's not like it was 
genrely wrong. Like it, it fit yeah, in. Yeah, it with- didn't. It didn't <laughs> stick out from like what the rest of the American pop music scene looked looked like at the time. But it didn't do very well. Right. Um, the deluxe that you mentioned was the repack that came out in August of that year. Um, and I did note that in June, on June 28th, she headlined San Francisco Pride along with Solange Knowles and The Clicks, which is a Canadian rock band. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah, but it didn't, I read this article, it was like from Reuters, like 2009, and it said that Boa was part of an eight, quote, not my words, quote, part of Asian, blah, blah, part of an Asian musical exchange program whose emissaries include Utada, the Teriyaki Boys, Seven, and the Wonder Girls. And I thought that was such a weird way to phrase it as like an American, an Asian music exchange, exchange program. program. It was like so, I thought it was very um, condescending mm-hmm. and like dismissive. Um, like, oh, look at these kids trying to make They're it trying. over here. We're in giving the them States. a chance. And I thought that was very rude. Um, I think that. I mean, we've talked about how, like, the Wonder Girls didn't do well when they tried to come over here either, and it was kind of around the same time. Um, I think we mentioned this in Reigns, too, like, his English, his American debut didn't do very well either, and I think, like, I think America was just not ready. Not ready. Not ready for an Asian pop star for many reasons that we don't have to get into now. Yeah, but I thought it was very interesting that the English album BOA debuted at 127 on the Billboard Top 200 and sold about 8,000 physical copies in the United States. But it sold over 100,000 copies in Japan because they released it with her new... She had a new Japanese Greatest Hits album and this English album, and they put them together as a double album, and it was called Best in USA. And it sold like gangbusters. So Japan liked the English album. If nobody did, at least her Japanese fans did. And in the end, that means that, like, especially if you compare it to someone like the Wonder Girls, right? So, like, JYP invested so much money in sending them to the U.S., and it was a flop, and he lost so much money. But because Boa was already such a huge superstar in Japan, this arguable flop in the u.s doesn't matter because they made their money in japan like this was not a loss for the u.s or for boa i mean it was a loss for the u.s it was not a loss for sm or for boa because she had japan yeah she had japan so that takes us we're that's 2009 so december 3rd no not december 3rd december in general (laughs) december Uh, The live Christmas show that has now become a BOA tradition. Uh, Three dates in two cities, Tokyo and Osaka. Yeah, so we're going to stop there for today um, and do 10 more years next time. But that's the first 10 years of BOA's career. Of BOA's extremely influential and successful career. Even in that moment where they call it a decline, she's still doing great yeah i think this is an interesting it will be interesting to look at all of it all of it together but for this first half it's like yeah like a superstar like right out of the gate and then there has been like a bit of a decline and that she isn't the coolest hottest shit i also looked up because i was wondering like again sorry to talk about other people but for context sake like in 2004, like what her competition was. 2004, when everybody didn't like her growing up image or whatever, I was like, what was out in 2004? And I like checked who won the Golden Discs that year or whatever. And like, Shinwa and TVXQ 
were like still dominating everything and like the only girl that even won a like mama in the 2004 was like baby vox getting a like lifetime achievement award so it was just like a boy moment i feel like and like i don't know yeah well i mean if you think like 2007 2008 2009 like that is like peak second gen right and Mm -hmm. so we are like not only just groups in general but like specifically boy groups are kind of starting to take over the scene so she has a lot of competition coming up on her but she still does like she still charts she never like drops off the map or has any moment of like oh disgrace right and so that's why I'm excited to do the next 10 uh next time because it feels like a very because 20 years is such a long time that they just sort of feel like different chapters in like a really long story and fortunately none of the chapters are like here's the chapter where she lost everything like it's yeah, exciting Boa that we don't have, have to do that any yes there's no like oh, and this is the hard part of it no Boa just continues to kill it and be great and amazing. And so I'm very much looking forward to the part of her career that I actually know about. <laughs> yeah. But this was this was fun to like learn about the beginning of it all and see how how she evolved from a child star to like now she's like a, where we're leaving her off. She's like a 22-year-old woman and like, "Oh, what's going to happen now?" It's exciting. Assuming more creative control over her over her ideas. Um oh, I also since I brought this up Um, since she is now going to start like assuming more control one of the biggest uh, criticisms that Bo has faced over the years is this idea of her being a manufactured K-pop star and when she did her American debut some of the there were some interviews that like brought that up and asked her about it um, because it was a criticism sure and she specifically said that she does not feel any shame in this idea of being a manufactured pop star. And she says, it's true. Like SM is the one who like, they're the ones who created me. And like, I wouldn't have. Most 13 year olds do not have the wherewithal to make themselves (laughs) international pop stars. Very true. Um, But she fully embraced it and didn't shy away from it at all. She said, of course, like SM did make me, um, but I have made them a lot of money in return. And so, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the arrangement we have (laughs) right I think that's very very fair um all right well we will be right back to watch her most popular thing from this 10-year chunk okay welcome to the video reaction portion of this boa deep dive um so for the first 10 years of boa's career her most popular album was her Japanese album Valenti at 1.2 million copies. Yes, we usually try to pick the most popular, or most watched music video of the artist, but since this is all like pre-YouTube releases, um, we can't go by view count, so we're going by album sales, and this is to this day her best-selling album, so it was a no competition. All right, so let's check out the Valenti music video. Smoke. Boa Valenti. Okay, we're in an empty house lobby. She's got (laughs) four female backup dancers, and she's wearing a lot of jewelry. Body rolls. See, here we go. This is where things are changing, because look, there's body rolls happening. And I feel like as soon as she started to try to not be baby Boa anymore, she started wearing earrings and jewelry. Because at first she didn't wear any jewelry. 
And now look, she's got so much stuff off. Uh, yeah, I was reading that she and has nails. her ears pierced a ton of times. Mm. That she has like nine or ten in each ear. Like that's that's been Boa's thing is putting holes in her ears. Oh no, wistful in the rain. She loves a fan. Just yeah, like gotta Beyonce, get the hair she boy. always has her wind in her face. Even in the first music video. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was something when I was watching through these, I noted it in like all of them. I was just like, ooh, this fan. So much wind in the hair. Sometimes it's the only concept of the music video. It's just her with wind in her hair. Yeah, but this outfit, like I feel like this is an outfit that I had at some point <laughs> in my life. Like this big belt buckle and like mm. tops that are cut like that. Oh, whoa, those jeans. Yeah, they're just like shredded in the front. This is like the only music, aside from the one where she had those huge fake nails, this is the first time she's wearing like nail polish. Yeah, nail polish. Ooh, Boa. She's so grown up. <laughs> but she's not. What year no. was this? I, I can't uh, I'll look window. it up. Because she's got to be like 15 max. 2003. She debuted when she was, yeah, so she's like 15, 16. <laughs> Oh yeah, because I I did the math. She's 16 because it made me laugh that part of this part of the chorus is I fall in love with you, and I wrote I fall in love with you says the 16 year old. <laughs> oh, her turquoise is flash. <gasps> Why did you guess? Because it looked. I guess I didn't. Maybe I've been paying too much attention to Boa, but the stomachs of the background dancers like suddenly felt very out. I don't know if they've oh, been out. They've the been whole out time. the whole time. Nope, yeah, I've they're all in, at Boa. Yeah, they're all in crops. But now oh, it's geez. nighttime, so the lighting changed. <laughs> Maybe I just yeah, and it. now there's <gasps> CGI fire. fire. She like holds it in her hand. Takes a, girl. a little hip rolly classical guitar break. Chunky, chunky belt. It's so big. Material's really uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm very like distraught by the tile floors. <laughs> just because it's like very clear that this is just an empty house. Yes. And it feels so much like an empty house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very weird. And it kind of looks like an empty house that like, I don't know, it's making, maybe it's just the lighting. It makes me think that like a vampire would live in it. Yes. I don't know if they'll show it again, but I just realized that the shirt she's wearing with the weird white jeans. I, I remember when those shirts were so cool and they sold them at Charlotte Russe. Does, is that still a store? I think it is. I have no idea. But they were just like weird shirts and they'd ha like have something printed oh, that said yeah. like cowgirl and then there'd just be a bunch of jewels in the letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like that weird stretchy thin material. Yes. The image would like stretch out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because it was like printed on there in a crazy way. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Shadow. All of those close-ups, she's just had hair in, in her, her face. face. Wow. That's what the fan is for. 
Ta-da! Yay! That was Valenti. Baby Boa. Not so baby anymore. On her way out of her baby dumb. And that's that. Um, do you have a recommendation for this week? Yes, I honestly couldn't decide. I mean, one of my like not serious recommendation is that Dong Hae music video. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that's a serious wreck. I need to see. I think it's a serious wreck in the sense that it is fun and insane. Um, and the CGI is very bad. Like CGI Dong Hae no longer has Dong Hae's face. Um, but. That's not like a, I feel like it's not a serious recommendation in the sense that like, it's not about Boa. (laughs) Um, And I couldn't decide. (laughs) I have so many, especially because with all of, with this like SM station, Boa, our beloved Boa anniversary special, there's like so much excellent stuff. Um, So I won't recommend, I won't really recommend those because like some of them are from her later. Yeah, they're later. later I know what you mean. Um, But they're so good. Uh, But in honor of our beloved Boa, I am going to recommend a 2017 Mama performance because this one starts out with Boa and she comes out and she sings Girls on Top and then 17 comes out and they cover number one and then twice ends it and they cover my name and it's really good um, and so just to to shout out some excellent like modern covers of songs that came out in this half of her career right. check out the 2017 Boa Mama performance great I'm just gonna reiterate one of the b-sides I brought out already which is Milky Way from her third Korean album, Atlantis Princess. Really good song. And the Red Velvet, Our Beloved Boa cover. This is the right time period, so watch that if you haven't, because Wendy is in it. She's healthy enough to sing, so everyone got to see her, and that is nice to see. Um, But my other B-side that I noted and didn't mention in the timeline uh, was off of the Made in 20 Japanese album. There's a song called Winter Love. And it's just like a very pretty ballad. It's just a pretty, pretty ballad. And in the music video, Boa is like frozen in an ice castle. And there's like a man with a locket trying to get to her. But I'm just like, it's really hot outside. And just like (laughs) looking at Boa laying on ice, just like it felt comforting (laughs) in some way. So if you need to cool down, the Winter Love music video is very cool. I like that. That's a good recommend. A good seasonal wreck. Um, well, that's it for today. And like we said, we'll be back next week to cover 2010 to present. Yes, the last 10 years up till today. Up till today. It's so exciting. Um, until then, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Pod at Gmail for emails. Do we want to share our snail mail? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I have to t- get my phone because I don't remember what it is. Yes, a very fun and exciting announcement uh, in honor of our dear U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> um, if you if you write to us, we request that it be done by local mail. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a new P.O. box, so you can write to us. Uh, you can address it to either one of our names, or you can just address it to Ask Me About K-Pop. The post office has all of those registered for this po- <laughs> For this box, uh, it is P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. So you can now write to us or send us little things if you want to send us whatever you want. Yes, people have been asking for that for a very long time. And yeah, we're getting serious business, so we needed a, p- 
post office address and we needed to help the post office. So it was a really, it was like a perfect marriage of things. Yeah. So go out, buy a sheet of stamps. It's only $11. Uh, if every adult bought one sheet of stamps, we'd raise over $1 billion for the USPS. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, so buy yourself a sheet of stamps and then use one of those stamps to send us a letter. Yeah. Fun. I feel like now I need to come up with a jingle for the address so that we can like yeah. say it like Stick Stickly used to at the end. Because I still have not forgotten Stick Stickly's address after 30 years. I always think of the Zoom like, one, two, one, two. I don't remember the numbers, but I remember the tune. Send it to Zoom. <laughs> oh, two, oh, two, four, Boston Mass. Something like that. Yes. And Stick Stickly's was... Ride to me, stick stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 10108. And I probably haven't heard that since 1996, but it is still in my head. We'll come up with one set to a uh, shiny song. Yeah, so no one will forget it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then also you can join our Discord, get in the conversation. Uh, If you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash amakpoppod. Our August episode will be out soon because we're running out a month. How did that happen again? Yes, running out already. But every month at Patreon, there's a brand new bonus episode um, and you get some fun little perks too like participating in our song battle last week and you know that you're supporting this show and that's good um all right well we will see you next week for more boa goodbye bye -bye. jongyan you're our inspiration 